Welcome to the Legal Eagle, where we explore the legal issues of the day, especially in Connecticut, where we originate. We look into the criminal and civil justice system, both at the state and federal level, and we talk to legislators, lawyers, judges, and folks connected to the law in various forms. Today, we welcome Dermot O'Connell, Vice President of Business Development for Tesla, Inc., the electric car maker that has been trying to get into Connecticut's store for many years, it looks like, at least um, two legislative sessions. Welcome to our show, Mr. O'Connell, and you're joining us by phone today from Hartford. Tell us what's happening. Thank you. Uh, it's good to be with you. Uh, I'm in Hartford today because there's a, uh, a rally in support of uh, Bill 7079, 70, um, uh, which is the bill to, uh, that would allow EV manufacturers uh, like Tesla, uh, who have never had a franchise dealership in the state, to sell our products uh, directly uh, to Connecticut residents um, in licensed uh, stores. So a big rally on the north side of the Capitol in a little bit, and uh, looking forward to uh, uh, to meeting with our supporters and then uh, uh, making our way around the Capitol mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, to, to uh, share the good word. Right, and this is the push. Now, what's happened here? Tell us about the current law in Connecticut and why you're having, you and I guess a couple of other states, you've had some trouble getting in. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's a good question. There, there's a legal aspect of this, and, and I know that's the context for this show. Uh, first of all, I should say that you know, Tesla, is, um, Tesla is a company that was founded uh, in order to accomplish a mission, and that was to... Uh, to introduce electric vehicle technology in a, in a, uh, in a way that would catalyze a, a revolution towards zero emissions transportation. And we've had some success along the way. The company was founded some 12 years ago. And at that time, we made the uh, decision based on our study of the vehicle market that in order to, uh, to really get uh, folks who are used to gasoline-driven vehicles converted to uh, electric vehicles that we needed to invest in uh, in education and and uh, in the con- and in that context direct sales and customer service because we were talking to a first generation of electric vehicle buyers who were mm-hmm. unfamiliar with the technology who were unfamiliar with this new company and we felt it was very important that uh, we invest in those relationships and we nurture the customer experience through our service so that's why we started with direct sales now direct sales are a little bit unusual in the U.S. Uh, less so in the rest of the world. I like to say that uh, in communist China and in socialist <laughs> France, it's possible to sell cars directly, and you can do it around the world. But in a couple of unique states here in the United States, we're prohibited by law. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worth saying that we operate uh, licensed stores and service centers in uh, something like 30 states right now, and we could mm-hmm. do so in a number of others. We just don't. Those are small markets, and we don't have the right product. But in a few states, uh, Texas... Michigan, West Virginia, and Connecticut, mm-hmm. there uh, are essentially uh, laws on the books that prevent any man- any manufacturer from selling uh, directly to the public. Essentially, the law mm-hmm. creates a distribution monopoly whereby only middlemen, in this case franchise dealers, uh, are allowed to sell cars to Connecticut residents. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, And that's the situation that we confront. Um, the, the law... Uh, is a body, the body of law is the Franchise Practices Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are laws that were promulgated in the originally in the 1920s and 1930s to protect franchise dealers from 
having to compete with their uh, their manufacturers. So uh-huh. essentially, to protect uh, Smith Ford in in East Hartford, uh, this <laughs> the fictional Smith Ford in East Hartford, right? Uh, from Ford Motor Com- from a Ford Motor Company store. Oh, that I was see. a fair law. That, that was, I, I, I would submit that that's a fair law. It prevented unfair competition with a contracted entity. So uh, that's fair. But what's unfair is when these laws uh, in Texas, Michigan, uh, Connecticut, uh, West Virginia, and a handful of other states, when they were enhanced mm-hmm. to prevent any manufacturer from selling directly. So, uh, you know, Tesla is a manufacturer that has never had a franchise dealership. Thus, there is no opportunity for unfair competition. And so uh, we are essentially looking to, uh, to turn back the clock here in Connecticut to the time when the Franchise Practices Act simply barred manufacturers from competing with their associated dealers in that in that example I just gave. So, yeah, so they would uh, say they so would the bottom say, line is that we would then have the ability to sell direct to to customers in Connecticut. Right. And what is the what is the problem if you had to go via a dealership? I mean they would that that would probably be their argument on the other side. Yeah, their, their, their argument is, is flawed in, in a couple of different ways. Uh, one, you know, I started with the proposition that Tesla is uniquely able to and invested in educating this new generation of electric vehicle buyers. Um, and that is unequivocally true. Uh, you know, a third-party dealer has a somewhat uh, uh, conflicted situation where most of their business is reliant on selling gasoline-driven vehicles. Uh, and so... Right. They're not necessarily in the business of promoting electric vehicles. And this behavior is borne out by several studies uh, sponsored by, among others, Consumer, uh, Consumer Reports and the Sierra Club that suggest that when customers go into dealerships that sell both electric vehicles and gasoline vehicles, even if they come in uh, interested in an electric vehicle, they are most often steered to a gasoline-driven vehicle. So that's huh. one issue. Uh, the, the other issue is, and this is also borne out by the fact that 70% of the electric vehicles in Connecticut uh, are Teslas, even though uh, Connecticut residents have to drive to New York and Massachusetts in order to do their transactions and pick up their cars. The, the second issue is that our, our business model simply doesn't accommodate mm-hmm. uh, right. third party. We have the same price around the United States and, uh, and frankly, around the world. So there's no opportunity for a market. You know, you know what I, you know what I find interesting about this is that when you think of new industries like Apple or Google, you know, when they first started, they were welcomed. I mean, and why wouldn't the state welcome a new industry? I find it it, it almost feels like restraint of trade. Oh, it is. It, it absolutely is restraint of, restraint of trade, and there's a there's a very good legal case that's proceeding out of Michigan that could make its way to the Supreme Court that could clarify this on a national basis. But, uh-huh. uh, yeah, as, as one senator here in, in Hartford said to me, can you imagine if the typewriter industry uh, had to <laughs> sell through franchise dealerships back in the day, where would the Connecticut economy be? Uh, typewriters <laughs> having been a novel technology back in the day. So, yeah, absolutely, this is a restraint on uh, on a free market actor, Tesla, uh, to, uh, to, to make a decision about what is the best way to proceed to market. I mean, let's, let's face facts. General Motors and Ford and Chrysler weren't forced to sell through middleman franchises back when they started their businesses. They made a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tesla simply seeks to exercise that choice as well. But 
more importantly, we want to make it easier for Connecticut residents to buy our product. I mean, currently they have to drive to Massachusetts or mm-hmm. New York in order to in order to acquire our product, and I think that's that's fundamentally unfair to Connecticut residents, and it's a it's a right that they're essentially denied. You know, um, and then beyond that, yep. beyond that, there's one other aspect I would I would point out, which is that you know Tesla is is seeking to invest in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to put stores and service centers in multiple locations. Mm-hmm. Um, for these facilities, we employ Connecticut residents. We invest directly in the economy. And in fact, our <clears throat> good faith is testified to by the fact that we just put the largest charging infra- charging station uh, on the East Coast in Milford uh, huh. last weekend. So we're really interested in coming to Connecticut and helping to build on the local economy by creating jobs and, uh, and building facilities. And, um, and you know, this goes beyond our vehicles. It, it includes our, our solar uh, company as well as our uh, battery storage company. We have, we've built large facilities in this state, uh, in this state mm-hmm. that are solar storage related that generate electricity for Connecticut residents uh, based on a zero emissions profile, simply by collecting um, photons from the sun and converting it into uh, electricity can be used in households and businesses. You know, it's interesting because uh, the state's Department of Energy and Environmental mm-hmm. Protection uh, has sort of led the way uh, on the opening of charging stations of electric car- for electric cars in the state. I mean, they had various programs and uh, opened it up. So it's on the one hand, the state is have, giving you trouble, and on the other hand, they are encouraging it. Yeah, that, that is the irony here. I mean, Connecticut has a body of law that's quite robust uh, to enhance, you know, a zero emissions economy, to reduce CO2, to reduce oil dependence, to pursue right. energy efficiency. And yet the company that is probably the exemplar in the U.S. of energy efficiency, clean energy, and clean transportation is barred from <clears throat> doing business here in the, in the fashion that we, that we do business. So, yeah, there's a, there's a deep irony here, but there's also a tremendous support. I mean, we, It was just a poll released by a respected uh, Connecticut polling company uh, uh, just yesterday that said that 74% of of respondents, 74% of Connecticut residents across the political spectrum support Tesla's right to sell direct. Hmm. Um, We find, you know, politicians uh, increasingly moving uh, in in our direction. And and that, you know, the other part of the poll is that, you know, the... The arguments that uh, the dealers make uh, in trying to prevent us from uh, from from doing business here uh, are they, they're not uh, they're ne- neither tre- true nor do they have support. Uh, they they like to say that uh, other manufacturers would come in and and um, and want to sell direct. Well, uh, that is uh, that is demonstrably untrue based on our experience in other states, as I said, we operate in some 30 other states and neither Ford nor General Motors nor Chrysler, to my knowledge, have sought to sell direct. Uh, they also like to say that there'll be massive job loss at local dealerships, but that too is, that, that's untrue as well. In these 30 other states where we operate, um, there is no evidence of any dealer losing business or losing jobs. Uh, Tesla is a net contributor uh, to the economy wherever we go. Now you've been um, before- And then they finally... 
Go ahead. Um, Go ahead. Now, you've been before the state legislature. I'm only rushing because I know you have to get to your rally. Um, you've been before the state legislature. The company has been, <clears throat> I guess, the last two sessions and didn't make it. And now you're trying again. What do you think you're, and, and you've gotten out of various committees, correct? Um, yep. you, you've made it yep. out, and so that's a big. Um, yep. what, what happens next um, on, on your dance card, so to speak? Well, so, so this effort was started organically here in Connecticut by a legislator two years ago. And uh, two years ago, the, the bill came through committee. It was voted overwhelmingly through the House, but it stumbled in the Senate, partly because a couple of powerful dealerships have uh, unique uh, access, I think, in the Senate and unique influence there. Um, so last year, we actually, we also Excuse came me, through uh, the with, relevant... Are, are those the unions? Are, they, are the unions putting pressure on on the, um, the state senators as well as well, others? Well, the, the, <clears throat> the, UA, the UAW did sign a letter mm-hmm. uh, in support of the dealers, um, but I would say that most of, our op- most of the opposition comes from a small number mm-hmm. of automotive dealers in the state who mm-hmm. benefit from the monopoly that the law creates for them. Right. Um, whereby you know they were they're essentially they're essentially trying to force us to sell our cars through their system or through their dealerships. Well, the chair um, and ch- and I think and and Connecticut residents see through that. Um, they uh, they know that you know this <clears> is a residents are you know people now are very educated about their options and mm-hmm. frankly this is one of the only states and one of the only sectors in the economy where consumers are denied the right to buy a car from Tesla directly as they would be able to buy a computer directly from Apple um, or uh, any number of other products, either from a manufacturer or from a franchise dealer. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's where we find ourselves, I'm afraid. Okay, so in the Senate, you know, the head of the Environmental uh, Committee, which would be a powerful force, I would assume, if... If he is on your side, is State Senator Ted Kennedy? I know Lonnie Reed on the other on the on the House side, who does the uh, Energy and Environmental Committee, is in favor of it. Where's Kennedy on this? <clears throat> well, I, I think um, to this point, Senator Kennedy has not uh, publicly expressed his uh, his support by virtue of a vote in a committee, to my to my knowledge. But uh, I've known him for some time, and I have high hopes that. Uh, that he's uh, increasingly persuaded by the voices that he's hearing in his district about, you know, the fundamental inequity here. And, and, the the envi- and, the envi- and frankly, the envi- yeah. he's a big environmentalist, obviously. He heads that committee. Right. I'm, I'm sort right. of surprised as, to hear as, this. Yes, as is his family's legacy. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the fact that the probably the premier company uh, pursuing the environmental goals that he cherishes is prevented from doing business in his state I mean that's a that's a that's let's let's call that minimally ironic. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but okay, I can well, use other words, but but I like the senator greatly, and and I, I'm hoping right. that he'll find his way yeah. around to supporting us. Yes, and we yes we all do, and so this is just an interesting sort of fascinating blip in the, in the environmental uh, life. Okay, I know. Well, you I mean, look, it's 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 it. Look, it's difficult, right? I right. Mean, yeah. The the dealer the dealerships exert great political influence in this state and mm-hmm. in certain districts. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. they are politically active, and I'm using activism as a uh, as a euphemism here. <laughs> uh, they have they have unique influence, and that is difficult for some politicians who. You know, I don't. I I believe 
I mean, personally, I think that Senator Kennedy and others who haven't yet supported us believe in the policy equities here, that Tesla should have this ability to, to um, or the Connecticut residents should have this right to buy directly from Tesla. But they're, they're confronted with a difficult political reality, and that is the power of the dealerships in their districts. Right, and right, and whatever political influence they might have with regard to uh, potential elections and other issues, I guess. <clears throat> Correct. Okay. Uh, so you're off. <clears throat> you're off to the rally, <clears throat> and um, yes, I'm, and we I just love- pulled on my tie, and I'm I'm headed over to the Capitol steps. Oh, okay, and uh, and this rally is for whom? Who's uh, who? This rally is in support of uh, of support of the bill. In, the, uh, in support of the bill. We, okay, got it. Yeah. Correct. Uh, which, uh, which we are, uh, has, as, as you noted, it's gone through both the transportation and finance committees, uh, and the next logical step is for the bill to be heard on the on the House floor. Okay. Do so you that's know what, what we're we're moving toward? You're moving toward that. Yes, right. Because the session will eventually end. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I want to thank you so much. Our, uh, our looks like our time is up. It goes fast. Uh, we want to thank you, Mr. O'Connell, for talking to us today, for giving us insight into how laws are made in the nutmeg state. Thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your thoughts. Um, and have a great day. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time and and your listeners' interest. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And our listeners can go to newhavenindependent.org website to get a podcast of this broadcast and to listen to the wide variety of shows that the station is producing each day. We thank you for joining us.
One, two, one, two, three, four. She hates depositions that start before noon. And she doesn't like trials unless they're in June. She thinks most judges are just big buffoons. That's why the lawyer is a champ. She won't take on clients who can't pay their bills and looks down on colleagues who only draft wills. She'd never be caught in court in less than four inch high heels. That's why the lawyer is a champ. She likes it when witnesses cry on the stand. Strike up the band. She's cool, no fool. She hates discovery, won't touch a bait stamp. That's why the lawyer is a champ. Hey! She likes it when witnesses cry on the stand Strike up the band She's cool, no fool She hates discovery Won't touch a big stamp That's why the lawyer That's why the lawyer That's why the lawyer is a champ Thing. As long as you hold the string, 
You'd be a silly so-and-so If you should ever let it go I've got the judge on a string Wrapped around my finger She'll do anything that I please What a card, what a case I love the law I love the law You've been listening to The Legal Eagle on WNHHLP 103.5 FM.